We've got football coming up tonight. The NFL season kicks off with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Houston Texans. Out on the diamond, it was a beautiful day for some baseball. And heading into 2020, many people thought there would be no high school football. Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. You're listening to WNCT 9 on your side, Sports Talk, with sports director Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, and Kelsey O'Donnell. Welcome back into the Nine on Your Side Sports Podcast. Brian Bailey with Nolan Knight. Kelsey O'Donnell is out today. We certainly miss her. We're going to talk a little sports and see what's happening locally, regionally, and nationally. So let's start, first of all, with the Super Bowl, Super yeah, Bowl 55. Biggest, biggest of, event of the week, is, of maybe the year. Is in the books. How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win it 31-9? to Here's hoping you had the numbers 1 and 9 in your <laughs> Super Bowl blocks. You did not, did you? Because I did not. But not that we partook. We partake in that kind of activity, but I know a lot of folks do. But, uh, you know, when you think about the Super Bowl, you think about all kinds of what they call prop bets. And last week we went through some of those to see uh, how we would fare. So let's run down the list and just see how how we did last week there, Nolan. All right, so the easiest one was, of course, or not the easiest, but your your best bet, best bang for your buck probably, the the 50-50, heads or tails. Brian and Kelsey go heads. Yep. It was heads. There you go. So you lost that one, right? I, 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 I did not do well on these uh, at all. It was pretty bad. Uh, next up, of course, the anthem. Uh, it was over and our, and two our, minutes. Our buddy Zach Maskovich yep. had something to do with it. He, he, uh, he got a lot that. of pub for that for sure. He, if, if you don't know, he, he was he's down in, in Florida now, and he was outside the stadium and, and got the – the practice of uh, the right. first run through. And so it did in fact go over the two minutes. It went viral. His it, video did. Yep. He got, in a, I think he got in a little hot water, but he's the former, uh, he had your job at one time and mm-hmm. worked with us here at WNCT. Always looking for that Twitter cred. I think he got some with that deal, but uh, that was, uh, you never, you know, some of these bets, you know, we look at them and I think a lot of the prop bets in, in some of the places in, in Vegas and in Atlantic City, you know, they only let you bet a certain amount because, mm-hmm. you know, there is the factor that you can find out some of this. Stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean you I know think who there the was, trainer is, yeah. you can get the Gatorade. Gatorade, color, maybe. the, the, uh, I'm, the name is surpassing me, but but the the first female referee, there was a prop bet of whether or not she would wear her hair in a ponytail. Yeah. So that would be easy That's to not tell somebody. At all, is it? It's not. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it kind of is, 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 but it, is, yeah. it was strange that that was on in, in this day and age. Uh, c- continuing down these prop bets, though, that w- that did go over the two minute mark. Brian Kelsey, you got that one as well. Again, and I took that I before Zach came out, mm-hmm. and I was the, my my thinking was with that is that Eric Church was involved. And and he does have some you know rock and roll and type country songs, but he also you know I was just thinking that the national anthem it was going to be slower with with Eric Church involved, so I, that's why I went with that. Uh, first play of the game, would it be a run or a pass? All three of us went pass. It was a pass, so we, we did good there. All three of us got that one there. Funny thing about that is I walked out of the room, came back in. And Melissa and Bella were sitting there watching the Super Bowl, and I said, hey, was the first player run or a pass? And they're both looking at each other like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't know that one. The, which we did not take a pick, but one was whether it would be a touchback. And, and almost everyone said, oh, it's got definitely going to be a touchback. Tampa Bay took it out of the end zone. That's so right. first play of the game, a lot of people yeah. were either upset or happy about um, before all of it, before the Super Bowl, I probably should have started with this one. There's the Puppy Bowl. This year it was longer than normal. It was Team Rough versus Team Fluff. 
Team Rough won, and Brian Bailey was the lone wow. pick of Team Rough. In honor of Coach Ruff and McNeil. Team go. Rough for Coach Ruff. So you got that one to go. Uh, another interesting one was whether or not uh, the first thing that they would say about Tom Brady, would it be his 10th Super Bowl or would he be 43 years old? Uh, myself and you both said, that it would be that he was 43 years old. That was not the case. They said that Tom Brady is playing in his 10th Super Bowl. Kelsey, the lone uh, player here t- to pick that one. Oh. And then the only other one we have on here, other than obviously the picks, uh, were the MVP. And if, if you're going to pick the MVP, you kind of have to pick who's going to win the game. Uh, both Brian and Kelsey say Tom Brady. They get it right. And I, again, was oh, on the short struggled. side of the stick here. Uh, but we did pretty good on our, our Super Bowl bets. All three yeah. of us uh, said that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would would take down the Kansas City Chiefs. And as the week went on, and I, I listened to more and more pregame shows and predictions, everyone was was saying Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Yeah. And I was starting to think, man, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But but sure enough, I don't know if we got, all got lucky, but we all got it right. The uh, obviously the Buccaneers did take down the Chiefs. All of our predictions were much closer than what the game was. Uh, you said 27-24, Kelsey 31-27, and I said 41-35. So we all thought it was going to be higher scoring yeah. than it was, but we, we, we all gave the Buccaneers 31 or so points. So uh, I, I think that's a pat on, pat on the back for us. Well, you know, there's a case that could be made to see if the Tampa Bay defense could be, you know, somebody on that defense or maybe the whole defense as MVP. I think the Cowboys, when they beat the Broncos in Super Bowl twelve, uh, Harvey Martin and Randy White shared – uh, MVP honors, mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen very often. It's happened a couple of times, but I don't know if there was anybody on the Tampa Bay defense that really, really – just the whole yeah, defense if, stood yeah, out. If, yeah, if maybe someone had a, a, a super stellar game, but it really was everyone. You think back uh, – I can't uh, – there was a, a defensive player for uh, the Seattle Seahawks who, who got it not too long ago, mm-hmm. and that was named MVP in that one as well. But, I mean – to actually talk about the game, I, it's it's impossible not to bring up the defense of the Buccaneers, and I think everyone thought that the Chiefs Chiefs would be scoring a lot, and would it be if Tampa Bay can keep up? And it was completely the opposite because of the defense. And you know, I found it interesting this week. I've had several Pirate fans come up to me and say, "You see what Holt Naylor's is going through at East Carolina? Patrick Mahomes is incredible, but he looked really ordinary uh-huh. when you got guys chasing him around." And I think that you know, as, as Pirate fans, and we we watch East Carolina football so closely that you can see that if you don't have an offensive line protecting your quarterback I mean you know and Mahomes is incredible I really have a lot of respect for him I think he's, he's great but every time he snapped – what was the, the uh, one stat said? That, that 497 you're, oh, six, whatever like it is yeah. That's hard to believe. He ran around 490 plus yards before he even threw the ball. Yeah, and, and it, there was a lot of plays where it looked like the defense knew the snap count and the offense didn't because he would get the ball and start running immediately because someone was already in the backfield. And some of the TikToks that came out because oh. because, because Mahomes <laughs> would throw it down the field and it would hit somebody in the, in the face mask and they <laughs> yep. drop it. And then some of the TikToks that came out were just just hilarious. hilarious. It, hey, I mean that one throw where he was. I mean he was lateral with the ground. And it was on the money. It was a good pass. It hit the guy right in the in the face mask. So that's caught. Maybe it's a different game. There's a lot of situations in that game that could have changed it maybe in the long run. But it's tough to say that 31-9 to wasn't a dominant performance either. And I think all of us were, were thinking maybe Brady was past his due. And he proved us all that 
Maybe yeah. he could play another five years. He may play forever. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay wins Super Bowl 55, 31-9 over the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk Pirate basketball a little bit. Last week, East Carolina stunned the number five team in the nation, the Houston Cougars. Uh, Cougars came to town, and the Pirates really shot the ball well. And, and one of the things I wanted to ask Coach Dooley about, you know, sometimes when you're on a team that doesn't particularly shoot the ball well, if a couple of guys make a shot, then a couple of other guys think, hey, I can make one too. Against Houston, everybody made shots. Yes. But since then, nobody can make a shot. Mm-hmm. And that's really that's really difficult for, for because I don't care how you know John Wooden could can coach or could coach in his day, but if you don't have guys that can put it in the basket, it, it's just not. It's it doesn't matter. And we didn't get to talk about this game because last week we it was the game was on Wednesday. We we recorded it before the game and going into the game, things could not have been worse for East Carolina. They hadn't won in forever and they get that big win. And so for a second, you think you know what. You know, Coach Dooley's been out for a little while. The team's hasn't been able to have the normal practice. A lot of people had COVID issues, and, and then they get the win, and you kind of think, okay, maybe they can turn this into a couple of wins, especially after the way they shot the ball, scoring 82 points in that game, and, and then they look lackluster on offense uh, versus Memphis and SMU. The, the beginning of that SMU game, I mean, they couldn't they couldn't buy a bucket. It, they just couldn't get it in the hole. It's like there was a lid on it. We showed it on Wednesday about at the five o'clock sportscast that uh, the, the university, uh, John Gilbert, the athletic director, honored Coach Dooley and had a big cake and had a basketball and and really, you know, for your two hundredth coaching win over the number five team in the country, biggest was, win in program history yeah, that, for that's East Carolina, just, just incredible. So congratulations to Coach Dooley and Coach Dooley. After you know he received the honor, and he kind of looked around. And he said, "Hey, we're trying, we're turning this thing around. You know, it's, it's taking longer than we, we'd hoped. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's in, he's in his third year and his second stint at East Carolina, but they uh, they're making." Uh, Making headway, I guess you could say, when you when you try to, it just doesn't show up sometimes in this in this league. The American is so very difficult. And what's so you you talk about how you know I I think the expectations that Joe Dooley is is putting on this team is, is so high, and I think it shows that with the post game celebration from East Carolina. Right. I think that everyone thought that they would be jubilant, and they probably would have been more excited with if the fans, it, with the fans yeah. were there. But I mean, it looked like an everyday win for them after the game, right after the game in the locker room, the the whole time. And that, I think, might be a testament to how high the expectations are that Joe Dooley is putting on the East Carolina basketball team. East Carolina getting set to take on the Temple Owls times two. They play Temple on Thursday in Philadelphia at noon, and they come back to play in Greenville at 12 noon at Williams Arena Menji's Coliseum. So busy time for Pirate basketball. Trying to make up as many games as they can because of all the COVID issues that have been going on. Uh, controversy in Chapel Hill. North Carolina <laughs> knocks off Duke, which is their arch rival. And then, you know, in looking at the thing from afar, it looks like the, the players and the managers wanted to get together to have a little celebration, which is fine because they're on, they're in that little bubble. Yep. But then they invited some friends over and everybody was sitting around without masks on. And, and really, and I'm kind of taken up for Dayron Sharp and, and, and Armando Baycott and those guys. They were the only ones that in the video. I think there were other players there. But they were just being kids. They're being college kids. Yeah. They, they weren't. I mean, they weren't in the yeah. big celebration, you know, on the campus. They were in a you know private area, 
and you hate it. You hate it. For, but this is what we're living in right now in this COVID situation. You can't take chances. And you can't have guys over. And I guess if they'd have had the guys over and had their mask on, maybe they would have would have been okay. But uh, when you look at it, it you, you said it great. When you, when you look at it from afar, it, especially with the, the student celebration, you know, it, it's unranked UNC, unranked Duke. Right. Like it, it, probably the stakes had never been lower. But at the same time, for you know, you can say the same thing about Baycock and Sharp is the fact that you know they're in college and they haven't been able to have fun in over a year i mean nothing's been open for for, there aren't there haven't been many opportunities to celebrate especially celebrate unc basketball and and so it's easy to to say from over here you know come on guys but being in this situation you haven't had anything fun to do there's been nothing going on so many freshmen i mean think of dayron sharp he's he's a freshman and he hasn't had many opportunities to have fun and that was one of them yeah it's just it's unfortunate how about duke the blue devils under 500 for the first time since 1999 they just can't win a game and they played really well yesterday against notre dame they shot the lights out yep but they couldn't play any defense and the irish shot the lights out and you know, Notre Dame goes to Cameron Indoor Stadium. I think it's only the second time Notre Dame's ever beaten Duke. Uh, they knocked off Duke North Carolina State uh, yesterday. They also lose at home to Syracuse. And, you know, if there's ever a year you really don't care about going to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> it would be this year. I don't think, you know. Carol- that, that, Carolina's that, got a good chance still. Yeah, but Duke Carolina looks good. Duke the looks about out. Now yeah. it would be the first time if they don't make it since 1995, the year I was oh. born. So it's been quite a while since the Blue Devils haven't made it. Uh, in into the postseason play, and, and it, it's kind of like like you just mentioned. If there was ever a year, it, it would be this year, especially with you think of you know there's so many games back to back to back, and you don't have players. If someone gets it, I mean that tournament could be a mess come March. All right, let's go uh, to the local ranks. The Downies Wood Ducks announced, uh, the Rangers actually announced, the Texas Rangers did uh, on uh, Tuesday of this week that they had come to terms and everything was uh, settled. You know, my, my, minor league baseball is a lot different now. They've, they've cut out a lot of teams. Uh, Downies always thought they were going to be a part of it. There was never really any danger they would not be. Uh, they've moved down from high A to low A. Uh, and coming up later on, I think it's going to be this week, they'll find out the specifics of which league they will be in, uh, what the league will be called, uh, whether the Carolina League will, will take that to the western yeah, part. Still you know. some questions yeah, in the air. You know, and to see, you know, does Myrtle Beach stay? Does the Zebulon, the Carolina Mudcats, do they stay? Which we think they will. Uh, but, but the uh, Ducks announced, though, the Rangers announced the Ducks coaching staff, and the new manager will be Carlos Cardoza. He'll manage down east in 2021. He was slated to serve uh, as the manager of the Loway Hickory Crawdads last year, and Hickory and down east have switched roles. So now down east is the Loway, and the Hickory Crawdads are the high. And what that means, if you start in Kinston and you play well, you get to move up mm-hmm. to a high A, and that would be in uh, Hickory. Then you go double A, of course, and then triple A, and then you make it to the show. So. That's the big news uh, as far as that goes. The rest of the coaching staff's on our website at WNCT.com. But Carlos Cardoza will manage. And, and one of the things we're missing this year, uh, I think you were here for, for the one last year, the, uh, the Hot Stove Leagues. Oh, yeah. You know, the Pitt Greenville Hot Stove League you know, has their deal every year. I've had a chance to host that uh, just about every year for the last 30 um, down east has a, and they're very different in nature. But usually, down east has one, and they invite the manager and they invite some other, you know, people to come along with the, from the Texas Rangers organization. Some of the major league players will come along and talk about, you know, their life in the minors and. 
you know, just to kind of get you ready for minor league baseball. Well, we didn't have that this year, so uh, we'll have to wait and see when we get to meet Carlos Cardoza. And pretty soon they'll announce the schedule, which I believe is about uh, a month later than normal. So instead of uh, opening up in April, uh, I think they'll open up in May. But thank goodness we'll have minor league baseball because that that, that means a lot to everybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, we spent a lot of time out uh, at Granger Stadium this past summer when we were trying to figure out, you know, some sports stories that we could yeah. give to some people. And we talked with Wade Howell multiple times. And, and it was it was kind of sad to be at the stadium in the middle of summer on beautiful summer days and just nothing was going on because of the pandemic. And I think this is good news that they're going to try to play some baseball, whether it's limited fans or what it is, that it looks like there's going to be baseball played on the diamond in Kinston, which is the best news to come out of all of this and, and a little more normal season maybe some baseball finally in the summer because we didn't get it last year all right down east with their coaching staff and again you can see that staff the entire staff on our website wnct.com knowing anything else on your mind we need to talk about before we get out of here uh ecu um of course their olympic sports have started mm-hmm. the the soccer team lost on the road to begin their season last week the, the volleyball team got a win uh they'll return to play at cincinnati on thursday and friday uh that would be uh, the what's today the tenth so the eleventh and twelfth uh, the ECU volleyball team will be in action and lacrosse starts on Friday against Furman at three so sports are picking up we're going to yeah. be real busy around here in the next couple of months touchdown Friday starts February the twenty sixth high school football practice started on Monday and uh, it was good to get out there and see those guys it was so different I mean, I can remember going out to South Central or Rose or Conley and it's so hot you know it's even at nine o'clock nine thirty in the morning you know in normal years because yep. you know school's out and they, they practice in the mornings this time they have to practice in the afternoons. So and it was it was muddy. South Central was a swamp. <laughs> I came back in walked around dress with, pants, yeah. and they were yeah. It was, it was there was crazy. mud all around the studio. It was mud everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I did. I tracked it everywhere, didn't I? But uh, February 26th for the season debut of Touchdown Friday for Nolan Knight. I'm Brian Bailey. Have yourself a great sports week, and we'll see you back here next week.